We're calling this session Cookies, Darts, and Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> but don't try to figure out that link that connects them, okay? Yeah, we're going to do that for everyone, right? <laughs> yes. Welcome to the Before We Go podcast featuring Dr. David Maines and his wife, noted author Karen Maines. Here's David and Karen Maines. Karen, you did something new this week. Uh, you went with me on my cookie round. Yes, and you've been doing these cookie rounds for, I don't know, seven or eight years? A long time. First time you've invited me to go along with you. <laughs> well, I don't know why it happened, but it did. Cheryl's Cookies, they're in Westerville, Ohio. Mm-hmm. They make some of the best cookies in the world. Buttercream and their chocolate chip and their snooky doodles. and Snickerdoodles. Sn- snickerdoodles, is that what it is? <laughs> anyway, I like them. But snooky doodles is kind of cute. And I like the oatmeal and raisin cookies. No one else takes after them the way I do. Oh, yeah, so. the guy at the UPS store, he likes those too. Does he? Oh, yeah. competition. But anyway, the concept of this was as you made your errand runs, running to the UPS store and going to the launders and the cleaners and the bank, bank yeah. post office, mm-hmm. you would take a box of these cookies along with you. Uh, and I would let the teller say at the post office, pick one or two. Yeah. I'm not going to leave a whole box there. No, choose a cookie. Choose a yeah. couple of cookies. You know, was sort of what your round was. Well, it's become traditional now. I don't know mm-hmm. how often you do this. Probably three times a year, maybe. Well, more than that. More than that. Yeah, I would say probably five times a year. So the new thing for me was that I don't generally accompany you on these errand runs, not because I have anything against them or the giving out of cookies. I think is a fabulous idea. But I just happened to go with you on this cookie run this year. You realize what joy this brings it to is people. Absolutely adorable. The guy at the UPS store said, "Oh yeah, they're the best cookies in the whole world." <laughs> and this time, it looked like each person was able to pick three cookies. Is that? I usually limit them to two, and then I slap hands. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a fun thing that we have together. So, going. so I'm your wife, and in that way, participant, you usually take our little granddaughter with you. She loves this process. She's what she's ten, under ten, under yeah. ten, and so it's Grandpa with white here and now suspenders, a new item on your interior dress coat, and a little girl, just an adorable little girl. It's quite, kind of cute. And then this whole box of cookies. I broke the barrier at the bank yesterday, really, was the mm. cookie run. With the tellers, they're always happy if mm. I come with cookies. But I gave one out to Norma. She was she doesn't work behind the teller thing, but I saw her and I said, oh, I got cookies today, Norma. She said, oh, good, I'll get one to go with the coffee I just made. And then while that was happening, the head of that bank, He's sort of new in that position. Yeah, he he is, and he has this windowed office. Yeah, he's glassed off. What do you have out there, Dr. Mays? (laughs) (laughs) And it's good you said something, because I only have three left. He looked, he said, oh, this is a hard choice. He said, you only get one now. (laughs) Anyway, it's fun. It's just kind of sort of presented the atmosphere and the delight of just being neighborly. And, you know, David, I think that this is such an unsettled time for people and it's such a long haul. And we're still not out of the COVID thing. It looks Mm -hmm. like it's recycling and just gruesome. So people are tired in ways that can't be changed right at this moment. So this cookie gift at this moment in time has really brightened people's moments or brightened their days. In fact, I said to someone who was masked behind a counter, I said, are people crankier during this time? And she looked up to heaven, rolled her eyes, and just shook her head yes. Mm -hmm. These customer service people have been dealing with people's angst, and things are unhappy at home for many people, much more than usual. And so that gets projected onto 
strangers. So, yeah, it's a time to really look for those little gifts that we can give in special ways to people. I put it in a scripture, Karen. Oh, good. Let your light shine before men, said mm. Jesus, that they may see your good deeds mm-hmm. and praise your Father in heaven. Mm-hmm. Now, it isn't always that it gets to that level of praising my Father in heaven, but sometimes mm-hmm. it does. Let's talk about now the darts, cookies, darts, and Arnold Schwarzenegger, okay? <laughs> I did something new this last time I went downtown with you. We live in West Chicago, it's which is... 27,000 people on the far west side of the suburbs. Yes. I would say it's over half non-white. Is that 52% fair? most of it. I would say the majority, if not the whole 52%, is mostly the Hispanic community. I don't think we have a lot of Asians in the community and very few black people. Immigrant populations sort of gather. This will be as natural as can be yes. where there are people of their race or country that have already family. families mm-hmm. who have already settled or immigrated to the states. They've got their green cards or they're getting their U.S. citizenship mm-hmm. or they've gotten their citizenship. So we have a lot of Hispanic people who live in West Chicago. In fact, this is one of the reasons we moved here 40-some years ago. Moved out of the city. We were so exposed to multicultural multicultural things Mm -hmm. that I just didn't want the kids growing up in an all-white Anglo-Saxon community. And, you know, they went to school here. Jeremy, our youngest, was born with international genes. He picked up Spanish in high school. Just loved it. He was wonderful. Mm-hmm. So it paid off in a lot of ways for us. This last weekend, they had the first multicultural food festival, Hispanic. West Chicago Food Festival. And we decided that we would attend, and we did. It was fun. There was a big, loud, noisy band gathering people. And it, it was, I don't know, maybe eight, nine, ten food trucks. Now, that's not a big festival compared to some of the but other it was things a that start. But it was a start. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of got to communicate with some of our Hispanic neighbors or people who mm-hmm. live in our community, and it was nice. And you and Joel... He was with us. Mm-hmm. That's Joe was our son. You said, follow us, and you went walking right into a bar. Now, I don't normally go walking into bars, but I either had to wait outside, and knowing you guys are talkers, I would be outside for a long time where I had to plow in. This may have been you. my second or third trip into a bar. Joe and I realized that you can live in a community and not really know your community very well. I mean, you have your work is in another place, your friends may be scattered all over, and it's just easy not to get to know your community. West Chicago doesn't have anything dramatic. You have to find what is good and beautiful and wonderful about this community beneath the surface of it. Now, they're working hard to improve that. So he and I were exploring downtown before this little trip that we took and said, well, let's just go into some of the places we've never gone into. And one was the neighborhood bar. So I went in with Joe and we sat down at the counter and I said, what can I order here? And so he ordered a mixed drink for me that did not have a lot of alcohol in it. I've never done this before in my life. But was for the purpose of sitting at the counter with the people who were sitting at the counter. And sure enough, we struck up conversation with them. It, there was mm-hmm. a lot of joy and happiness and getting, you know, where do you live and where are you from? And, you know, just sharing on a superficial level. But I begin to see why people would go into bars. I mean, you go into bars, you make connections. There was a shuffleboard on the floor in the next room, which was very empty. And so also we th- a dart game. Yeah, I didn't which see Which is the where dar- darts come in. <laughs> where darts come in. So we dragged you back. 
interact with us. We figured that you needed to. And since well, we Bob, were down, first of all, you never said anything about going to the bar, and secondly, you never said when we go to this festival, we may walk into the bar. That well, we, we because went we hadn't planned on it, but we okay. were downtown at the festival, so mm-hmm. we went into the bar, which was just full this time because they had this food festival yeah, going there on. There were in the probably street. thirty-five people at the place where the bar itself was in that room. It's, it was a narrow room, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But and lots of people, and they were very friendly. Yeah. And there was a dart game, and while we were playing the dart game, a woman came up. It was an electronic dart game. Mm-hmm. So I'm throwing darts and thinking, how did I get into this? I mean, <laughs> walking in the bar was curious and interesting. It was a demographic study in a way. <laughs> and behind me is this woman who's cleaning. Mm-hmm. And she's bustling around and wiping down tables. And I said, well, thank you so much for cleaning up here. Do you work here? She said, no, she had a cleaning business. And she did clean in this bar. And I said, well, where else do you work? And so she named a bunch of the communities around and the corporations or the little individual places she cleaned for. And she made the comment to the effect of, I just love to clean. Well, that's, to me, an invitation to conversation. Mm-hmm. I said, well, tell me about that. And, and she used the word, I like to just be a blessing to people. Mm-hmm. Now, that's church language yeah, as far as is. I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, are you a believer? Are you faith-based? Mm-hmm. And she said, yes, I am. I am a believer, and this is one of the ways I serve God in the world, by doing this kind of work. So we kept on talking. I found her to be absolutely delightful. I thought it was such a wonderful application of a faith life. Now, think about that, mm-hmm. cleaning up after other people. Mm-hmm. And so we had a lovely conversation. In the midst of this, my turn comes up regularly. I mean, we went on and on, she and I did, and I'm throwing three darts at the electronified dartboard, not caring much where they go, but I don't want them to go all over the wall. I want them to hit the dartboard. Which several of yours didn't. <laughs> they were behind the radiator. But you did hit the bonus pocket. <laughs> which catapulted you into the Way over that I don't care if I win or not. No personal inclination to achieve it. It was was a fascinating experience for me. It was. And I thought, you know, if I were, I'm I'm not going to start a church here in West Chicago, but if I were interested in doing that, I think I would go visit a bar. Or visit all of the little uh, shops and openings there that are are open Mm -hmm. in town. Yeah, no. Maybe even should have taken a box of cookies. Next time, you take a box of cookies to West Chicago people. Just limit it for right there. Yeah. Yeah. So we still haven't gotten to Arnold Schwarzenegger. We're talking the darts, and before that, we're talking about cookies, and we're talking about good deeds uh-huh. that lead people to know Jesus. This is a story. Uh, there are several stories, and I chose this one because it kind of fits the topic of where we're going. I had the opportunity. I've been on radio for a number of years, and then I had the opportunity of also going on television. There was a Chicago station that afforded that for me on a daily, Karen, Monday mm. through Friday. Half hour. Half mm-hmm. hour every day. And they would take care of most of the cost of that, mm-hmm. which was very interesting. And as I was thinking about it, my teeth were not straight. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I should get my teeth fixed. I, mm-hmm. I need to check this out and see how long it would take. And I ended up with an orthodontist mm-hmm. and uh, established a friendship with him. In mm-hmm. fact, he came down to the television studio and just watched what was going on. He was just a really nice You person. started meeting with him, I think, once a well, month. Well, you know what? It? I did that because he would ask me questions. He knew I was a minister, and he would have all this and stuff in my mouth. He would say, and now I don't understand sin. What is that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, when he would finally get his fingers out of my mouth, 
I would say, we need to have breakfast together. We need to stop meeting like this, right? That's so funny. That's funny. (laughs) Can't go on meeting like this. Anyway, we established a time, and over a period of time, Mm -hmm. which climaxed in a story now Mm -hmm. with Arnold Schwarzenegger, Mm -hmm. he was more and more interested. He was Mm -hmm. not a church person, had been burned some about Mm -hmm. religious things earlier in his life. And when he called me, he said, they're still playing a film down in the town. He was in Wheaton, Mm -hmm. which is a nearby suburb, two away from where we were. And he said, I wish you'd go and see it with me. He said, I always cry at this one part. Mm-hmm. And I said, wow, okay. What time is it? And it, well, there wasn't that much time. Mm-hmm. Let me call Karen. I'll call your wife. We'll see if they'll join us. So I called you and you said, fine. And you came down. And in the meantime, he called his wife and she had already seen it. Didn't <laughs> want to go again. Okay. And I couldn't get back to you to tell you, but we went to it. And I didn't tell you that it was an Arnold Schwarzenegger film mm-hmm. called Terminator 2. Because my friend said he always cried when he saw this picture, probably we should give just a simple synopsis of what Terminator 2 is Well, about. the Terminator does star Arnold Schwarzenegger in that. The Terminators are machine-like humans that are populating the Earth, and one mother has a child who has destiny has been prophesied over that child, and so she's trying to protect him from these killers, actually, mm-hmm. really, boy, is what they are. I can't remember the twist, but this Terminator becomes a protector to this child. Mm-hmm. There's a line in the film that She says, he's more of a father to you than any real father ever could be. He won't abandon you. He will not leave you behind. He will always be with you. And I think that's where your friend... No, no, it's a little later where the Terminator actually gives his life. The Terminator gives his life for the child, to preserve the child, and, and is destroyed. For people who understand this, it is almost a Christ figure. It's certainly Christic. Mm-hmm. So I went to the film just to see what was happening. And when we went out to eat, I said, well... Afterward, we wanted to debrief, to debrief what it. we'd seen. I said, it feels to me like you have a deep father hunger. And that's why you're moved emotionally by this film. And that opened up then a conversation about, yes, indeed, he had a father hunger. And then our true father, even when we have have inadequate fathers or fathers have not been there or have they been abusive. Our true father is the perfect father. And he will never, quoting lines from not leave us or forsake us, he's always with us. I mean, it's just an extraordinary parallel. And his whole life changed. has changed in yeah. such a phenomenal way. Yeah. It was wonderful. He, he is now a churchman. He's a leader uh, in he's his a leader church. In church. He's been there for years. We still meet. I mean, I would say every month, month and a half, we have breakfast together. We talk about things of faith. It's just a phenomenal, Extraordinary. phenomenal yes. thing. And this is a simple thing to do. I think that's our point. Our stories are a little bit long, but we can all offer to be with people when they've seen something that moves them and go visit whatever it is that they want us to see or bring a cookie along the way or whatever simple thing it is. These are showing our gifts that God has given to us to the world. I would say there's simple acts of kindness quickly open people to who you are Mm -hmm. and eventually hopefully to what you believe Mm -hmm. that kind of encapsulates Mm -hmm. in a sentence Mm -hmm. what it is we're sharing i'll say it again okay i have found that simple acts of kindness quickly open people to who you are Mm -hmm. and eventually hopefully to what you believe simple acts of kindness I want to add real quickly, Karen, that I have some negative stories of bars that I had to go into to get people out of. And I know that there are people who have negative stories regarding alcoholism. Mm -hmm. So we're not saying this is what you need to do. We're just trying to demonstrate that there are times when reaching out to people in kindness can be most beneficial to the other individual and to oneself. But basically, concentrate in terms of what we said on the simple acts of kindness, okay? 
You've been listening to the Before We Go podcast. And if you would like to write to us, please send us an email at the following address, hosts at beforewego.show. That's all lowercase letters, hosts at beforewego.show. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please remember to rate, review, and share on whatever platform you listen. This podcast is copyright 2021 by Mainstay Ministries, Post Office Box 30, Wheaton, Illinois, 60187.